Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, FCS Nation, and welcome to a Monday episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in all of true crime. And I couldn't help but notice that comment that the coe just took down but it said i was trying to get off the phone with charlie adelson the guy wouldn't shut up he just wouldn't <laughs> stop talking no, i wasn't talking to charlie adelson i promise you i was not talking to charlie but we do have uh, an amazing panel tonight uh and you might recognize one of these faces in a big way tim jansen bottom left hand corner he's done with his uh day-to-day -day, you know wranglings in the courtroom so now he's joining us back here and uh Glad to have him back. We haven't talked to him in a while about this case, so we will get into uh, the details of it all. And uh, before we get there, let us just remind everyone, we just went through uh, the New Year's and Christmas break, Hanukkah break, all of the breaks. And uh, there was word that maybe someone would be coming to nab Wendy Adelson. So far, no news on that front. Same with Harvey Adelson. We'll discuss that. But of course, Donna Adelson, she is stuck in Tallahassee. The irony um, is thick there. She's in Tallahassee, and she was supposed to have a court hearing tomorrow, but that has been canceled. We'll tell you why in a moment. But, but first, best guests, famed Tallahassee defense attorney R. Timothy Jansen. Love saying R. Timothy Jansen. He is a partner in the firm Jansen and Davis that bears his name, and he's handled all kinds of complex civil, administrative, and criminal litigation. He also spent five years as a federal prosecutor. No one really knows Tallahassee's legal community the way that Tim Jansen does. But a guy who comes close, who comes close, is Jared Ross. He is a high school acquaintance of Charlie Adelson, having graduated with uh, with him back in 1995. And he's also, uh, more importantly, a longtime friend of Danny Markell and less importantly, Wendy Adelson. They were pretty tight. Jared is a uh, two time graduate of Florida State University, having earned both his bachelor's and Juris Doctorate, otherwise known as a law degree from FSU. And uh, he still lives in Tallahassee. He is a lobbyist there. And then last but not least, by any means, is Gigi McKelvey. She is host of the popular true crime podcast, Pretty Lies and Alibis. Not just a pretty face, Gigi McKelvey, but a smart, <laughs> smart big brain, too. She spent six weeks in Boise, Idaho, covering the Lori Vallow Daybell trial for Law and Crime and News Nation. She produced over 50 podcasts on Lori Vallow Daybell. She was also all over the Alec Murdoch trial, which is in shambles. I need to talk to Gigi about that off camera. Looks like we're headed towards maybe another murder trial um, because of some shenanigans in the courtroom. We'll see what happens there. And now Gigi has really dug in on. Uh, the whole Dan Markell, Charlie Adelson, Donna Adelson, Wendy Adelson, Harvey Adelson story, which is good news for you guys because uh, Gigi always gets the goods. Um, very quickly, just the usual reminder, please, if you can, support us on Patreon, on YouTube, on audio platform, uh, any audio platforms. We're on them. Five stars, please. And, of course, this could hold up that little cell phone of yours and that is a qr code for the new book it is going to be available officially in bookstores on may 14th but pre-orders 
are now available and it is hard to believe but we are not just a bestseller on Amazon right now, uh, but we are number one in family and something else. I forget the uh, exact family and parenting in that category. We are number one and we are top 30 in memoirs. So uh, and I've got an exciting show coming up in a few weeks with the famous author, Mitch Album, author of Tuesdays with Maury, who I kind of modeled this book after a little bit. He'll join us in the next couple of Sundays. I'll let you know the exact date on Twitter, at Podcast STS. But please, if you haven't, pre-order the book. As I say, it is the most important story I will ever tell, and it is not your mother's Holocaust story, but it is mine. So there you go. Um, not your typical story. Tim Jansen. Um, I know you're an attorney, but tonight you're going to be a weatherman. <laughs> Thank you, Paula. What is going on with the weather in Tallahassee? We'll go around the corner for a quick weather update. Uh, they have canceled court, and therefore Donna Adelson will not be there tomorrow. What's going on, Tim Jansen? Well, Donna wasn't going to be there anyway. It's a case management. Um, we've had the governor, uh, got the National Guard, like 10,000 people ready. Um, they expect maybe about 50 mile an hour winds coming across. They think there's going to be a lot of power outages and then possibly tornadoes. Um, and we have a lot of trees up here, which is really damaging because it knocks down power lines. Jared can tell you, depending on where you live, you might be without power for a couple of days. Um, so that's what they're expecting. Schools are closed and courts are closed. If a leaf blows in Miami Beach, power goes out. Look at this. Carmela Waldman, the COE, does it all. She helped Carm get a new uh, uh, photo for the chat. You can see it right there. Um, and she says, that is for me trying to parent you. I think in <laughs> regards to this is not your mother's Holocaust story. Um, you'll see why when you read it. But Carm has joined the chat. Sound the Carm alarm. Um, Jared. Get a little more specific. So you guys are expecting uh, rain tonight, but some crazy winds and tornadoes, I think, tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's not looking pretty. They uh, canceled schools preemptively, which is usually only done for hurricanes and uh, the one day we had snow back in 2018. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty ugly. There's a lot of events in town that were canceled. Uh, tomorrow is actually the start of the legislative session. That has not been canceled. Mm -hmm. um, they are going to gavel in the, the 2024 regular legislative session. But uh, some of the parties that go along with that and some of the, the street fair that uh, happens downtown is likely not going to happen tomorrow. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's supposed to be pretty ugly out there. Very, uh, very hurricane like. So uh, it's uh not not a pretty day in store for us. Like Tim said, we expect a bunch of power outages, and and that's not good. But you told me, Sesh, you're a lobbyist, and session uh, there mm -hmm. is session tomorrow, so you're you're screwed. As of right you have now, to go to yeah, work. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I will be downtown tomorrow. There you go. Um, you might want to go by sailboat. I don't know if there's a river near, but yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> um, Gigi, you too. You're in South Carolina, but uh, your school and everything is also canceled. You never thought this would turn into a weather cast, but it has. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Gigi, right. you're, you're, uh, you guys are also getting it, right? We are. Yeah. It's going to be bad. Just pretty much the same thing as Tallahassee. So uh, I got my canoe ready because Grammy's making chicken mm. and dumplings that'll be ready tomorrow. So mm. if I have to break out the canoe to get those, I'll be <laughs> rowing down the road. <laughs> um, so Tim, um, you know, you say that Donna probably would not have been in court anyway. 
explain what would have gone on tomorrow and uh, the implications, if any, for Don Adelson. I mean, the biggest thing is that woman is dying to get out of Leon County. That is the crazy irony. She's trying to get out of Tallahassee, but now everything is, you know, not that it was going to happen overnight anyway, but now it's being delayed at least, uh, you know, at least this portion of it, of it is being delayed. How does it impact uh, the case moving forward? If at all, I think, I think tomorrow would have been a really big day in Donna's case. Um, you remember from the last court date, they wanted to move it out like two months and Descalzo said, no, 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 we want to get this thing going. So they wanted to have a lawyer. I believe they hired, they got a local lawyer and I believe Dan is going to team up with another local lawyer. And I think they had to do that because a new fresh lawyer would not have been ready to go to trial in March or April. I think they're trying to get this to trial in April. And I think they would have announced that. I think the new lawyer would have filed a notice of appearance or would have showed up. Being a case management, you don't bring the inmates over for case management. Um, and so we're kind of missing that. I'm curious when they're going to reschedule it. Um, so it could have been a big day for everybody knowing who the lawyer is when they expect to go to trial. And, and Tim, you haven't seen, um, we, we have an idea who it's going to be, and I'm going to give the name out in a moment yeah. who we believe it's going to be, but uh, mm-hmm. you haven't seen a uh, an official uh, notice to the court of who this attorney or group of attorneys could be. Is that right? There's not a, well, not an official filing, but we've been, we we got inside sources and we've been told that who it's going to be is going to be working with Dan. And that was the whole thing. They needed another lawyer to help Dan for many reasons. One, because the jury consultant was a failure because Dan worked too much on his own. He was, he needed help. And I think that whoever represents Donna, if she testifies, it can't be Dan because Dan's already aligned himself with Charlie's nonsense defense. I don't believe he's going to have much more credibility coming in with Donna. I think they need someone local, someone that can try to give a fresh perspective, maybe add on to this defense. So that's what I think they're going to do. Um, but we'll see. And and we're going to pop right back over to um, Donna and the whole saga with her legal team and what's next for her in a moment. But um Charlie Adelson, from what I'm hearing, Gigi McKelvey, is still at this reception area in Chipley. Um, he was supposed to be there for about two weeks. That's out in the panhandle. And uh, it appears that he's being held there a little bit longer. I know, you know, when, like I said, when Gigi d- digs in, she gets information. Have you heard anything about um, the movement at all of Charlie Adelson or when they plan to move him? Anything along those lines? Oh, I think you're muted there, G. I was just <laughs> testing your lip reading skills. Um, so I, just to mention, today they filed a motion for substitution of counsel in Donna's case and then two search warrants for two MacBook Pros. So I just want to throw that in real quick. But yeah, I've got an email into somebody to see if I can get any information, but so far no word back. So, you know, he's kind of comfy there, I guess. Yeah, he's hanging in there right now. Uh, Jared, you're not an attorney, but you play one on TV. This substi- oh, I'm an attorney. I'm an attorney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the substitution of counsel. What 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 does that mean in uh, layman's terms that they filed? Yeah, Tim, Tim would be much better to answer that. <laughs> um, even though, yes, I am an attorney, but I don't practice. So t- I'll, I'll throw that one back to Tim. Tim Jansen, what does that mean? The substitution well, of attorney. 
that probably means that Descalzo is out and the new yeah. lawyer is taking over and the judge will sign the order. Uh, I don't know if it's Alex's name is in there or if it's Dan Roshbaum's. It could be a name, Alex Morris. Do you recognize that name? There's nothing attached oh, okay. to it. It's, it's just the motion. They don't have any facts, uh, any I, names. I looked as well. It just shows it has having been submitted, but they don't actually have the PDF in there yet. Yeah. Now, uh, yours truly has a couple of sources close in Tallahassee. And so uh, the prison log does show um, these three attorneys, three different attorneys visited Donna in jail. Um, so there's definitely movement there. Um, but in terms of Daniel Rashbaum, it seems like he is all but certain to stick around, as Tim just said. Does that surprise you? Um, at all, Jared. It it does me. Um, I know that he has connections to the family, and and if I'm correct, he was Donna's attorney to begin with, and then took over Charlie's case. Uh, I just think, based on the results of the last trial, that I I don't think I would have gone back to that well. Um, but that's just me. Uh, I you know I know he's familiar with the case. He's done a lot of work on the case. I just don't think I would have gone uh, down that same route. Yeah. And, and Gigi, you know, it's interesting. You obviously cover a ton of these cases. Uh, obviously, um, you know, Daniel Rashbaum had a really tough case the first go around. I mean, he had bad facts, as I like to say, in the law, uh, but he got a bad outcome, too. Are you surprised uh, that they are sticking with you know, the uh, OG attorney, Dan Rashbaum, and appear to be bringing someone from Tallahassee in to help him. But the fact that Dan Rashbaum uh, is sticking around, does that surprise you? Yeah, it does. I mean, like like you just said, it's, it's kind of like, you know, do you want to do this twice in front of a worldwide audience? Because I think that the case against Donna is just as strong as Charlie's. I mean, there's so much there that just shows she's the ringleader. She's so hyper about these grandkids and getting Wendy back. So, yeah, I was surprised. My question is now that we've seen where he was sort of telling her about maybe maybe you'll make it to the airport, maybe you won't, maybe is that going to be a problem now that he's representing her? Because, I, I, I mean, isn't that a bad thing if you tell your client, like, how to run? <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to get to Tim on that. Cat's Attic coming to us from Singapore. Shout out to Singapore. Make sure I include them in the end. Uh, look at this from Catherine Regier. Book money for someone who can't afford Joel's books right now. Catherine Regier has to be one of the sweetest people that I know. She's out in Maui, place that was hit hard. So, um, Catherine, thank you so much for that. Uh, oh, sorry about that. Catherine, canine. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to say that. Sorry. Always get, I get yelled at even when I'm doing the show. <laughs> Everyone yells at me. Get it from my mother will be chiming in in a moment. Um, Tim Jansen. These three attorneys who showed up at different times uh, at the Leon County Jail, uh, three different local attorneys, according to uh, the source, they're all conflict attorneys uh, who that means they work for clients that the public defender can mm -hmm. represent due to conflicts. Explain that a little bit more. Um, seems a little curious, but what, what does that mean? Uh, and does that mean that she was maybe working to get a public defender but couldn't? What, what is all this? Explain it to us. Okay, so that's right. Um, what happened, what we used to have a system where you had public defenders and then you had private lawyers that would go on the panel and then the legislature, in their wisdom to save money, 
decided they weren't going to have conf- uh, the lawyers, these private lawyers do these cases. So they decided we're going to get a conflict lawyer. It'll be cheaper than hiring these private lawyers to do conflict work. So the conflict lawyer means that the public defender has a conflict. They're the next best thing as a public defender, but they're called a conflict because they're not in the office of the public defender. She might qualify depending on if she put all her money in irrevocable trust as she was traveling. She might have made herself uh, judgment-proof. Um, so she might qualify, which would be pulling a wool on the system. Um, I did hear she was calling or talking to a conflict lawyer uh, that I know, uh, and he was in the running to represent her. But that's not who they got. And I think if that would have happened, that would have really looked bad uh, because she would have had to qualify for indigency to get a conflict lawyer. So that would, that would open a lot of things as to her fleeing financials and, you know, her flight's going to be a a major thing too. Um, That's going to be a, a, it's going to be admissible in court, her flight, the consciousness of guilt. Tim, what do you think uh, Charlie's Adelson with Josh Dubin, the uh, now infamous jury consultant on that Mm -hmm. case, um, what do you think it was all in for Charlie's defense? What do you think they had to dish out? Um, I, I'll get they probably got a million dollars. Um, they probably paid three hundred, three fifty to the jury guy, and I think Daniel probably got about six fifty to seven hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like they called a lot of witnesses. Um, uh, they didn't. Um, he didn't come up here a lot. My understanding, he did most of his work, um, through on the phone and these tablets. Um, I, I, I am aware they did mock trials, which can be very expensive. They can cost you 50,000 a pop. Um, and we've done those in the past and they're not cheap. They're not cheap. Jared, you sure you don't want to get back into law right now? A little criminal defense. <laughs> I hear yeah, they I'm need someone you, in Tallahassee. Business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim I'd, have, I'd have conflict in my own home if I did that. <laughs> uh, Tim. And that's obviously his his wife was uh, they were friends with Wendy and Dan, which is crazy. We'll get a couple of Wendy Dan stories at some point during this show. But uh, Tim Jansen, um, all kidding aside, you know, the Adelsons are wealthy, but they don't have unlimited money. What do you think? um, Look at this. If they're trees down tomorrow, this was the Gigi uh, joke at the top. Wendy should be out looking. So knows the difference between a crime scene. LOL. Don Hagerman, friend of the show. What about? Look at this one. The Jansen estate has some pretty big. Do you have palm trees, Tim Jansen? No palm trees. You have like the canopy trees. We got, we have live oaks, no palm trees. Tim has one of the more. I've got a bunch of live oaks in the backyard. So Mm. Um, I hope your house looks like uh, Tim's house, Jared, because it's, uh, it is a, uh, it's a sight to behold. It is a nice home, Tim Jansen. There's no doubt about that. The word estate might actually fit. What about, um, What about Donna now, all in? What's it going to cost? Is there any, I know nothing about this, so that's why I'm asking, Is there was there anything to this possible public defender idea, if, there even, if that even ever existed, possibly because any financial concerns because of how much it's going to cost? It could be. Um, do, you, do you have the names in front of you that visited? Um, I don't. I don't. But I have oh. the one main name that we're going to get to. And let me just throw okay. it out there since I have you. So the the one main mm. name, the, the name that people are betting on, and this is um, 
unconfirmed. Let me put it that way. This is not confirmed, but this is a name that's out there. Uh, Robert Alex Morris. He is an attorney in Tallahassee. Um, what What do you know about him, Tim? Um, I've probably known him about 25 years. He's done criminal defense. Um, he's done some other things. He, he can handle himself in a courtroom. Um, he's been around. He used to do some conflict work, but uh, he, he can handle this case. He's not going to be a doting lawyer for Donna. That's not his style. He's not going to run out there and whatever Donna wants, he's going to do. He will not do that. Um, he's got enough experience that he's going to, and I believe he's going to try it with Daniel and he's going to be, they're going to split witnesses up, split opening and closings because they want to try this case. My understanding is by April because they don't think Donna's going to make it past April. When you say so, he's not going to be doting on Donna, is do you think that's, um, is that a personality thing on this guy, Alex Moore? And again, we are not 100% certain that this will be Donna's attorney. It might turn out to not be her attorney, but this is a name that's being bandied about, if you will. But uh, again, Robert Morris in Tallahassee goes by Alex, Robert Alex Morris. Um, but Tim Jansen, when you say he, he's not going to dote on Donna, is that his personality? Is that just the kind of the law that he lays down, no pun intended, as an attorney? Is that just his personality type? I think it's his personality. He's tried a lot of cases, a lot of serious cases. Um, I, I, he was in the he tried the case with uh, Andrew Gillum. He had the co-defendant with another lawyer, the female in that federal corruption case. And that jury selection was horrible. But but Alex tried that case. He's tried big cases. He's tried murder cases. It's nothing that's above him. He's not taking this case to get publicity. Um, and, and I don't think he's going to go out there. He's going to try the case as a lawyer as he thinks best fit. And he's going to work with, and he'll work well with Dan. I still think Dan's going to run the show. I think Dan's going to be the lead because I think Donna trusts him. And I think that's why they've always kept with these Miami lawyers because they trust them. They don't trust what they don't, who they don't know. So we'll see. I guess plus, plus the, storms like are, the fact that we say y'all up here. So y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by the way, I think the storms are worse in South Carolina because Gigi just disappeared off the screen. <laughs> yeah. So she if did. it gets bad in Tallahassee, uh, I'll be doing the show alone. Uh, the bio here for Robert Alex Morris, I'll read a very brief part of it. Uh, to you, Jerry, uh, he describes himself as a criminal de defense attorney with excellent trial and appellate advocacy skills fo focused almost exclusively on state and federal criminal defense trial and appellate work during 18 years of practice. I think it's much more than that since he's updated his bio. He's uh, handled high volume caseloads that consist of very serious criminal allegations, including homicide. And the list goes on. Um, do you think it was necessary to bring in this Tallahassee council? Is it a smart move in your opinion? Who are you talking to? Yeah, Jared. Yeah, Jared. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, Tim said it a lot during the, during Charlie's trial th that there's just something about knowing Tallahassee, knowing how to speak to the people here in Tallahassee. Uh, and, and I just think that a lot of, and, and again, I thought Dan, for the turd sandwich that he had of a case, I thought he did a really good job. But at the end of the day, it's different up here. And not only is it different up here, at the time he was trying the case, it was different. Again, you know, this was Miami week. 
And I know that that sounds ridiculous, um, but, you know, we are a football town and that matters. And Dan just didn't show any knowledge of how to speak to Tallahassee. And I think having a local a local attorney is going to help in that and, and just be able to guide him a little bit on, on certain things. And, you know, it may sound ridiculous to people that are either not lawyers or don't live in, in Tallahassee, but it's different. It's different than Miami. You have to know that. Uh, someone who knows a thing or two about Southern accents is Gigi McKelvey. True Lifestyle says, whoever, whoever has the thickest Southern accent will be Donna's new lawyer. But Gigi, um, you know, in, in the Alec Murdoch trial, which you were in the courtroom the entire time for, I can't imagine a guy like Josh Jubin or even, and in fairness to Dan Rashbaum, and, you know, by all accounts, a very good guy with a bad case. I can't imagine how those guys would have fared in that courtroom in Carlton County. Um, how do you think it would have played out if you had attorneys from Miami or New York City in that courtroom, you know, trying Alec Murdoch? Yeah, I mean, you know, like he said, there is an importance of having local people in those courtrooms to relate to the jurors because, you know, if, if you have somebody in there in a $5,000 suit, um, you know, who's using words that these jurors don't understand or just can't relate to, you know, um, it's, it's, it's something I think that's important, you know, and, and I watched all the comments in Charlie's trial and it's the big thing of, you know, the, the jail calls where he's like, y'all, and he's kind of mocking it, but I mean, it, it, it's a real thing, I think. Uh, shout out to Jason Lipoff, who I was texting with earlier. He is uh, one of Charlie's former dental students. He's in the chat uh, right now. Cubs win 2012. Stay safe south. Uh, shout out to everyone in the south to stay safe tonight uh, for sure. Uh, Tim Jansen. So, you know, for the sake of uh, argument, let's say that there is this new Tallahassee Council. We don't know for sure if it's Alex Morris or not, but let's assume for a moment that it is. What does it do um, to the dynamic, uh, the relationship between Daniel Rashbaum and whoever this person is and Donna Adelson? Because now it's, you know, now it's three people instead of two. And, and Dan and Donna obviously know each other really well. Well, it's going to be how much independence is Alex going to have? If you tell him, okay, this is our defense, this is our, this is what you're going to do, is he really an independent lawyer? Is he just another cog in the system? And he's just bringing a face. But I think he'll do jury selection. I think he can do that. I can do it well. He'll know all the, the communities in Tallahassee. Alex has been around a long time, so he may have represented or of a relative of somebody on the jury, maybe friends with somebody on the jury. Those things matter. Uh, you may not think they do, but they do matter. Um, and you go in there and you got a guy no one knows, and he's from South Florida, and it's pretty obvious he was from South Florida. No matter how nice he was, they just don't relate. It's like you're not going to get any benefit of the doubt. Um, but I think uh, Alex will... He knows the judges, obviously. He knows Sarah and he knows Georgia. Not that that's going to help. They're going to do their jobs. Um, but I think they'll be more very open and cordial to Alex. I think Alex got a good reputation of being honest and ethical. So it's not going to be like the prosecutors are not trusting what Alex tells them. That's a, that's a big thing when you're in a trial, getting ready for trial, 
and you've got a lawyer on the other side and the prosecutors don't know if they can trust that person, they're not going to volunteer anything, information that could be helpful. And those are little pieces of the puzzle. I hate to say pieces of the puzzle. I'm sorry, but those little things matter in a trial. When you're in trial, if you know who the witness is going to be, who's coming, uh, that makes a difference in how effective you can be. Uh, solo cruise and travel. Tim, this is back to you because I think you made the remark. Uh, why is the thinking that Donna won't make it past April? Um, I can tell you that she yeah. wants out of there yesterday. I mean, she just wants to get the hell out of there. But Good luck. is there um, – and here's another it's more, one. It, it's yeah. more than that. Uh, Donna is not in good health. Donna's older. That facility does not give the medical attention that it should. I have plenty of inmates that are not getting the medical attention they deserve. They're not getting visitation like they should. And they're mentally not going to do well. Um, every conversation she has is recorded. Um, so... She doesn't want to go past April. That's why you, you saw the first appearance. They said they want to con let's pass it for 60 days. And the Scalza said, no, 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 Judge. We want to get this thing going. We want to move it. And that's the reason they're bringing Daniel back because he knows all the facts. He can, he can update and educate another lawyer really quickly. If they were going to get a brand new lawyer and sit this out and prepare, the trial wouldn't be for a year. But I know Donna doesn't want that. Yeah, she definitely does not want that. Um, G.G. McKelvey, G-Money. Um, I know you're trying to get your hands on, uh, we had Charlie's jailhouse calls. What's the good word with Donna's, any information about Donna? Um, are you getting any closer? Um, any, any interesting information coming out of uh, your sources? The only thing I've got that's new, and I got that today, is the Guardian logs, which is every time they go by and check her, they comment on what she's doing. You know, I notice sometimes she refuses meals, things like mm -hmm. that. At one point, they gave her, like, a bag of chips from the commissary that was approved by Chief Mack. So maybe <laughs> they were encouraging her to eat something. I don't know. But, um, you know, just looking over these... It's kind of um, routine. She may be asleep with her head covered. Charlie gave her that tip. They don't turn the lights off, so he put his head under the covers. But, you know, it looks like uh, all routine stuff. I'm flipping through it now. They're checking her blood sugar, blood pressure, appears awake, medication offered, movement observed. So I don't know if medication offered means that she didn't take it, but there's a lot mm -hmm. of that. Medication offered, but not medication accepted. It'll say meal accepted, or shower accepted, and then she was transported. But a lot of medications offered, but I don't see accepted, so not sure what that means. Did, did you say there's also a thing for meals accepted? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is, can we there tell is. if she, can we tell if she's eating? Because at one point, I know in Miami, she was refusing to eat. They said, um, you know, it looks like a healthy mix of both. I haven't scrolled. I just got these, so I'm scrolling through. But I do see accepted meal um, a lot. I do see a couple of meal refused. And things like that. Um, looked like she had a couple of phone calls that they escorted her to. I have heard that she's not in direct observation anymore, but under close observation, that's not confirmed. But I, that is one other thing I was told. Uh, Jar Ross, what would um, I, I'm, I probably asked you this before, but the juncture that we're at now, what do you think Dan Markell, your old friend, would be saying about all that is transpiring right now? Oh boy. Um, 
I think I, I think he would be happy that justice is being done, but I don't think he'd be happy that this is the situation that everyone's in. Um, it, it's it's sad, you know. The whole thing is sad, and I think he'd be very sad about if, if this were happening to someone else that he knew, and it wasn't his family. He would be extremely sad that there were two little boys that were separated from their father because that's who Dan was. Danny was all about those kids. And I know I said it last time I was on and I've said it to everyone I've spoken to that his whole world was those kids. And the fact that there's two kids, they're not little boys anymore. They're 13 and 14 years old. The fact that there are 13, 14 year old uh, boys that are growing up without their father, it would it would beat him up. Very much so. That's that's sad to hear. Um, on a very quick programming note, uh, just so you know, so we were going to do the hearing live tomorrow with Donna, but there is no hearing because of the weather in Tallahassee. However, I had booked uh, Stephen Webster and Luis Baptiste, who are partners in law in Tallahassee, and uh, Luis Baptiste was a student of Dan Martell. So they're still both coming on tonight, and uh, we'll go through this and get their perspective on all that. Then on Wednesday, Got a really interesting show uh, that Tim Jansen is invited to that he doesn't know yet at 4 p.m. And that is with the <laughs> attorney representing uh, the victim in the OnlyFans murder. That is uh, Courtney Clenny and uh, mm-hmm. Christopher Obumselli. And his attorney is going to join us at 4 o'clock, the civil attorney. And Tim, I'm hoping you can come on because he did that show with us last time around. So that's. Thursday at, uh, I'm sorry, Wednesday at four. And then Thursday at five o'clock. This is really wild. This is why the best guests are amazing. And I would say best guests, better community. But in this case, these guests are, um, they're going above and beyond. We've got Scott Duffy, um, a guy named Tim Papa, and the geo profiler, Doug McGregor. And they are not uh, giving up. They're trying to find Rachel Morin's killer. And they're doing their own investigative work to a degree. And they're going to come on and talk to us about that Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And then, of course, Friday is Phil and Scott. Um, Tim Jansen um, from SP74. With Dan Rashbaum involved, are they going to have to stick with the extortion story that no one believes? You brought up a really interesting point to me earlier about mm-hmm. how the double extortion theory is even worse for Donna. Explain that to our lovely uh, community here. Sure. I want to first say, Gigi, that's amazing what you're getting from the jail. That's really amazing to get that because I know how hard it is to get things. The fact you're getting that, you're di- you're diving in really, really deep. Yeah. And I think it's great yeah. for the audience and it's good for us to know what's happening. I, I yeah, think I'll she is it on, to you guys so you can I see think it. She, I think she, is on a hung, she was on a hunger strike. She may not be in uh, full observation, but she's in a, a room by herself. She can't leave that room. That's why she's going to be escorted to visits. So, but, um, so yeah, I, I mentioned earlier to Joel, I'm like, listen, now you've heard Charlie's story and you heard the thing that he allegedly found out that night from Magbanawa that these people killed and they want money. And then we hear that Magbanawa said she saw the parents come over right before she got the money. So we know, or we at least it's inferred that Donna knew that night who killed her ex-son-in-law. And then they came up that weekend and she did this BS at the funeral, packed the kids up and took her kid, grandkids and daughter back to the danger. 
the danger of the murderers. That's just not realistic. It defies common sense. And it's it's worse for Donna than it is for Charlie, right? It's just, it's dumb. <laughs> you can't sell dumb to a jury. I've never sold dumb to a jury. There you go. Never sold dumb to a jury. Harold Dahl, this is back to you. By the way, Steve Cohen, Meve Moen, who books our guests, uh, he pointed out to me, the astute man that he is, that both both these movies, The Maestro and Ferrari, came out over the holidays. Um, <laughs> and Charlie Adelson is never going to see either of them. But uh, the irony of that is pretty interesting. Harold Dull, uh, Tim Jansen, I'm afraid, he says, Harold, anything but Dull. I'm afraid there isn't evidence of acts and furtherance against Donna. First, explain to the people that don't really know what that means and why Harold might be right or wrong. Well, using the conspiracy, you have to have an agreement. Two people agree to commit a crime. That's the conspiracy. And then you usually have to have acts in furtherance of the conspiracy. So you have to take an act. Well, we know Donna took an act. She paid Meg Bonawa, right? She paid her from the office paying that money. She allegedly covered up after the bump. Um, she covered up the conversation after she got the letters. I mean, it's clear. And you look at all her emails, she set this thing up. She made admissions that hurt her. It's between you and me, Charlie. It involves us. And then the other one that was really big is, the other one is, Wendy doesn't know how good she has it. She doesn't realize how good she has it because she might not have been involved, but they know they were and they kept it from her. It's bad against Donna, but it's exculpatory towards Wendy. And I think that's part of the problem the state's having charging Wendy. Um, but Donna, right, Charlie had a, they had a stronger case on Charlie because they had Mag Bonoa tied him to the money. But Donna, you have her fleeing the country now. And she's going to come in and say, oh, I fled only after I saw how bad the jury treated my baby boy. And I didn't think I could, but I fled. No, no, you did more planning than that. You were moving money around. You moved your kids that weekend at the funeral. You're hip deep in this. You were fleeing because you're guilty. And that's what the instruction is going to be. You can infer guilt from her leaving. Good yeah. luck with that, Dan. Buying that one-way ticket, I just I can't wrap my head around that one either. Instead of a round trip, at least she could have said, "I was just going on vacation to clear my head," but she can't do that now. Um, and and you, let's let's not forget, there's also there's also what about a forty-minute conversation with you know her and her, you know her Harvey and whoever the friends were in the background where she thought she had hung up, where she talks about needing to check visas and needing to make sure that people know where things you know. are. So there's. There's plenty out there that that, uh, that that could hang Donna. You know, Jared, that's interesting because I got wind really early that she didn't believe she was rec being recorded. She thought she I hung heard the on. same, yeah. And I, and I let Joel know that, but and we were trying to get that on the tapes, but we never, and then now it's starting to come out that she was talking to someone else. And she was dumbfounded when she was in court and heard the conversations. We're being so you just never know. Technology kills people. Nope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kills me most of the day. Um, <laughs> Lil Bit says, I've been watching Wendy's police video, the interrogation. I think there's enough in that to convict her. Your thoughts, Gigi. I mean, you've seen it. 
Uh, does she come across guilty? Is she getting herself caught in traps? Um, Dr. G, my friend, Dr. G explains, um, JP Garrison has been doing really great work on this on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, check it out. But he's catching her in some interesting moments. Uh, just curious if you've seen anything watching uh, some of those videos, Gigi. You know, the biggest thing that sticks out to me is when she says, if, if it's anybody other than my family, I want them prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. <laughs> that is like the most bizarre thing to say. I, I mean, hours into your your ex-husband being shot. He's not even dead at that point. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine why she would say that. To me, that's the most incriminating by far is why would you even think that? Why would you even say, well, maybe, you know, and then I noticed too, when they're talking about Charlie, do you think Charlie would have done this? I don't think so. It would have been a hard no for me if that were my brother. Like, no, mm -hmm. no way. She's like, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, I think there's little nuggets in there where, it's it's very suspicious, but ultimately it's going to be like he said. What can you what can you prove? And I mean, I guess we'll see if they have enough or not. But what are they going to do if she tries to go to the airport and goes to Vietnam? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you know, we've heard that they've got eyes on her. Jared, you know her. Do you think she's the kind of person um, that would think about you know getting out of Dodge right now? I mean, she's got the two kids, obviously. I don't, yeah, I don't think so because of, of the two kids. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, it was, it's different for Harvey and, and Donna. They're the grandparents and, and they figured they could always come visit. It's different when you're the parent and you'd have to take two kids out of the country and, and start a new life. I, you know, again, knowing, knowing Wendy when I knew her and, you know, I haven't talked to her in almost 10 years. Uh, I would say no, but then again, I never would have thought she'd have anything to do with her or her family would have anything to do with this. And I forget, are you guys still Facebook friends? I know a lot of people are Facebook we, friends. Uh, she she has not unfriended me. I checked today. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a little shocked, uh, but I, I've been getting that question a lot lately and uh, we are still friends on Facebook. She doesn't post. I mean, the last time she posted something on Facebook or even Instagram, I think was in September. So it's it's been a long time, but yeah, we're still uh, still friends on there. By the way, that Facebook is a nightmare. I got completely hacked out, and I don't. The only reason I cared is I had all the pictures of my family, That's, and they're gone. But yep. I was trying to get back in. I couldn't do it. So you know, there's no one eight hundred number for Facebook. Um, so anyway, we, I just created a new account, and all, all my friends are asking if they're being hacked. So makes it a double pain in the you know what. A uh, very big happy birthday to the friend of the show, Jessica M seventy two. Happy birthday. And our friend and amazing mod, Gen X Granny. By the way, the word O-U-R, I pronounce it A-R-E. So I would say, and our friend. And I had a news director in New York, Diane Doctor, I don't really like. And she would always say, it's not A-R-E. It's like our, like H-O-U-R. I just said it. I don't screw her and uh and i just anyway you can she say the last name if she's you don't like, like the person yeah she's like the it's like the word hour like so every time i say a-r-e this is a jersey thing i have to think of the word h-o-u-r to say it and by the way jared earlier in the show you know he says y'all but when he didn't know who he was if he was being asked the question he's like you talking to me that's a jersey thing that's a jersey <laughs> never the jersey never leaves you um no it never does it never does. Anyway, I digress for a moment. So, um, Jared, do you think that, uh, look at this. 
I was just going to ask you a different question, but we have the super sticker from Jazzy, who's got that crazy filter that my kids love. Does your panel think Donna will call Wendy from jail? And if so, this is a perfect question for Jared. Do they think Wendy should and will accept the phone call? Do you think that that's going to happen? I don't. It, I don't think she will. Uh, I, I don't think they'll talk. They. It doesn't seem like Wendy was very interested in talking to her about quote unquote the case. Uh, and from everything we saw, Wendy hadn't talked to, to Charlie while he was in jail. So I can't imagine she is now, maybe she's when she's with Harvey, maybe there's some, you know, conversation going on on speakerphone, but I think, honestly, I think part of Wendy is like, I just want this all over and I want to move on and and do what I want to do. And that's part of her calculation. It, It. I just don't think she's interested in in continuing to to talk to them. This is interesting. Summer Breeze, I can see Donna wanting to take the stand. We saw that with Charlie. Gigi McKelvey, what say you? Are we going to see eventually Donna Adelson on that witness stand? I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I, I think that she, kind of like Charlie, probably believes she can get up there and explain this away. And it didn't work for Charlie, but... You know, I mean, maybe she thinks it's her only shot, I'm sure, in her mind is to get there and tell her side. I'm just so curious, like you guys were talking about, are they going to continue this extortion defense with Donna? Because otherwise, what's she going to what's she gonna say? Oh, I just brought him some washed up money because I love him. You know, I wanted him to have a nice shopping weekend. Uh, really, come on. Yeah, look at this. Wet money. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one of the weirdest I've things. Never thought life. I'm so glad Gigi's here. She is the real deal. She is the rock star of podcasting. Thank Gigi you. McKelvey. Elf gifting uh, five memberships. And I saw McSpunky in the chat. Shout out to McSpunky. Everyone was uh, worried about him. Here's the $64,000 question. Uh, is Wendy ever going to be arrested? Jared, what do you think? Do you think we're going to see this one day? I know uh, Tim may disagree, but I really do think she's going to be. I think that they either have a lot now and are waiting to see what more they get based on what they find maybe on those MacBook Pros or the phones. Or, But I do think that she is going to be arrested someday. Tim Jansen, have you, uh, have you given that more thought since the last time? Well, what I, I said last time, I think, was if they get more evidence on these search warrants, what the computers and the phones that they probably didn't believe they ever had to ch- worry about them getting taken. There may be one text, there might be one call, one email that would give the state enough to prove, okay, now we've got knowledge. Let's go back and see what our actions were after that text took place. And if they can then find something that shows some way an overt act assisting him, then I think they could. Uh, we'll find out. Um, I, I keep telling everybody if they had enough to charge her, they would have charged her by now. Um, and they're being careful. There's only two chairs left, right? Harvey and Wendy. So Tim, music's going to stop sometime. If, if something, you know, it's my opinion that they're going to find something on, you know, digital, uh, through digital forensics, cause they seize, you know, the iPhones and the iPads mm-hmm. of Harvey and Don. And I always say, if it's anything like my mom, uh they're going to be sloppy with their technology but tim <laughs> would we know by now like public would the public have any idea if they found something on any of those tablets at this point they could 
unless they have to go through the iCloud. Now they probably got the FBI's top people on it. Trust me. Yeah. And no, I'm saying, FBI, but would we the pub? Would we the public? Would no. It, would that be leaked out? We'd have no, no. idea. No. no, you would you would not know that yet. Nobody knew about the arrest of, of the mother, right, Donna? Mm -hmm. Nobody knew until she was picked up at the airport, except Georgia said, stay tuned, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. When she, she really meant stay tuned. If she says stay tuned, she means it's coming in the next week. Alley Cat, back to Gigi here. Anything at all, any whispers on Harvey Adelson at all? I haven't heard anything about Harvey. You know, I I was kind of surprised. Honestly, they didn't take him when they took Donna, which tells me maybe they don't have enough on Harvey as much as they did on Donna. Maybe the same thing with Wendy. But like you say, getting these these iPads, these iPhones. My grandmother's 89. She can navigate Facebook and Instagram, <laughs> but like the basic things she can't do. And of course, with Donna, she has a hard time hanging up an iPhone. So I have a feeling that there's going to be some stuff on these electronics, maybe, uh, that that are possibly incriminating. I think it's their best shot, you know, at least for Harvey. I, I don't know, though. It's um, I was curious why they didn't arrest him. And it, I guess they just didn't have enough at that point. By the way, Carm called me five minutes before the show. Literally, I have to hold the phone over here, yelling at me not to mention my book more than one time. So it's taking everything in my power right now. God, 54-year-old guy. I have my mother's voice just echoing in my head all the time, 24 hours a day. Annie Kay, how would you advise, this is you, Tim Jansen, how would you advise Donna to behave before, by the way, I have a new book coming out, before and during the trial? Um. Well, better than she did at her arraignment, not opening her mouth and dropping her mouth. And I think she said, oh, God, or something at one point. Um, she'll be well, she'll be well behaved. I think she has to testify what defenses she got otherwise. Cross-examination. Who's going to cross-examine and give reasonable doubt as to why she was talking in code to her son? Why would she be paying this lady It didn't do anything at her husband's clinic? I mean, it's, it's fraught with problems. They should try to work out a deal. I don't know if they'll work out a deal. What kind of deal can you give a 73-year-old woman who they believe orchestrated the murder of a, a young man? They're not going to give her a deal. Um, Carm would say, sit your ass on your hands and don't open your mouth. That's what she would say. That's what she said to me about my book. But that's what she would say to Donna, too. She would just say that. Um, It'll be a quick trial. Yeah. It might be. I nicknamed her uh, Donna Catfish Adelson because her mouth just reminded me of catfish. You know, just <laughs> opening that mouth. Um. <laughs> Jared, I'm going to go to you on this one. Actually, you know what? I'm going to ask you this. You know, well, yeah, let me go to you on this question. So from Jonathan Judd here, will there be any new witnesses in Donna's trial other than those you've seen in the previous trials? Do you think we're going to see any guest appearances by people we don't expect, uh, you know, or anticipate seeing? I can't think of anyone that they would call unless they could get Robert to testify. Mm -hmm. That would be the only one that I could think of. Or maybe they they call whomever it was she was speaking to in the background uh, on those recorded phone calls where she thought she hung up. Uh, but other than that, I mean, there may be some people out there that we, we don't know about that they would call, but I can't think of anyone else. I think Robert would be the big one that they'd want to to get. Oh, I would. I was if I'm Georgia. I'm calling those neighbors that she called up, hadn't talked to in 20 years, and wanted hotels wow. and restaurants in the Philippines and stuff. 
those are going to yeah. be good witnesses. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I was going to maybe, to... maybe, uh, maybe Ben Graber too. Yeah. <laughs> the orgasm the big, doctor, the biggest defender, <laughs> um, Northern California Cubs, a lot of Cubs fans in here. I think Donna is tougher than we think. She's a fighter. Um, Tim Jansen right here. This is you. What happens in the event that Donna develops clinical dementia? No joke intended. Stressors can escalate medical, physical decline. You know, there's a possibility that she's not eating right. You know, she's older. You know, she's apparently not in the greatest health ever, although she seems pretty fit to me. I know Harvey's got some health issues. But what about the fact? What if something happens to her cognitively? It's going to be hard to have it happen in two months. Um, and they have doctors that will evaluate her and they'll get the best one to see if she's malingering or what they call faking it. Uh, I think Donna's too proud to do that. She's not going to do that. And I think she is tougher than people think. And I think she, she orchestrated this, right? We believe that she was the impetus for this whole murder and she was the impetus for this thing to happen. So she's going to come out fighting and she's going to think she's smarter than her son, which she probably might be. Um, because she didn't give money to the bag men to the murderers, right? She built in another layer of insulation. So I think she will testify, and I think that's why she wants to do it quickly. I think she knows she, she can't mentally stay there too long. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I agree with Gigi and Tim. I mean, there's just no way she doesn't testify. You think she's definitely going on the stand? Yeah, absolutely. There's just no, again, there's no defense if she doesn't. And, and Jared, what do you think the reaction from a Tallahassee jury is going to be to Donna? You think they're going to have empathy or they're going to be like, get this former New Yorker, Miami woman out of here. I, I mean, I think they're going to get her to downplay that New York attitude and, and try and steer her toward being more, you know, diminutive and, and try and kind of like what they did with Katie in her first trial, try and make her seem a little more frumpy and a little more down to earth. But at the end of the day, I just don't, I, I think, I think that Georgia might be able or, or Sarah Catherine, what, whichever one does, it might be able to get more of a reaction out of her than they were able to out of Charlie. Um, I don't know that, but just listening to her on, on the calls and, and her emails that she sent to Wendy, she just, she's got something in her when it comes to Danny that set, set her off. And I think that they might be able to, to get her set off on the stand. Let me go to the only non-lawyer for a somewhat, uh, legal question. That would be Gigi, but cause Gigi's got experience inside the courtroom. So Gigi, you know, Tim's saying this, Jared's saying she's going to, um, testify in her own defense, but she wants out of there so badly that she's basically, you know, putting this full speed ahead. Uh, again, Tim mentioned that her previous counsel, or as far as we know, it might still be with her, Maricel Descalzo. Uh, when the judge recommended February, March, he said, uh, she said, no, I want this next hearing to be tomorrow, which it was scheduled to be. Do you think that she could end up kind of shooting herself in the proverbial foot by trying to rush too much into a trial? I mean, yeah, just as a layperson, I think so. I mean, this is a almost a decade-old case. There's so much to weed through. You've got one attorney who knows the case front to back, but you're bringing on other attorneys. They've got to get up to speed. they got to get a feel for her demeanor, her personality. She's got to be coached on that stand or before she goes on the stand. 
But yeah, I, I think it's, you know, to rush a case like this with this much publicity, you already have three people sentenced to life or you got, well, yeah, no, Sigfredo, yeah, three people. And then you've got Luis Rivera who took the plea. But I mean, I wouldn't rush into it. But again, you know, maybe she's thinking her age, she, she in her mind, she may think that she's going to be acquitted and that she wants to get acquitted, acquitted sooner than later. So let's rush to trial, which is probably going to be to her detriment, I think. And Tim, to Gigi's point, what happens with whoever this new lawyer is, and if it is Alex Morris, she makes a great point. This happened in 2014. How do you possibly get up to speed in this amount of time? What would the division of labor look like between Dan Rashbaum and whoever this other attorney is? He's probably going to give him the softball ones, the witnesses that have police reports. He'll have them read transcripts. Um, he'll get paid a lot of money to read transcripts. He got mul many of them. Um, he's probably, uh, see, I would think he would do Donna because I think Rashbaum's kind of lost credibility up here with this double extortion. But then I don't know if Donna would trust a new lawyer doing the direct for her. Or maybe the new lawyer doesn't want to know everything, so they let Daniel do it. Um, I can tell you I was in a trial with a very high-profile case a very high profile with one of the top lawyers that used to live in this state. And he goes, he says, I'm going to prepare the defendant. And I said, no problem. And I sat back and watched the defendant's testimony. And I was so happy. I was not involved with the preparation or the testimony. <laughs> um, Tim, back to you for a second, because you know, them better than most, but Georgia Kaplan, of course, the lead prosecutor. Yep. And I'll go to Jared on this because I think Jared as well. But how are they, in your opinion, how are they preparing right now? Her and Sarah Dugan, uh, you know, they've been on this for years and years. And someone said they could try the case literally in a week or so. But how do you think or what do you think they are doing right now in preparation for a trial that could come very quickly? Well, one, we know they're going to look, listen to all the phone calls at the jail. And then we know they, they're probably pushing the people to do the analytics on the equipment that they've got to see what new they're going to add to this case. And they're going to chop out other parts that are not necessary. And they're going to get every piece of damaging evidence and make sure that's inserted, where it's going to be inserted, how we're going to call our witnesses. We're going to have somebody kind of think, Okay, what do you think Donna's going to say? What's her defense going to be? And then, okay, one person is going to be going to be strictly figuring out how to undermine her defense, right? And so then you put it all together. Uh, as time goes by, they'll see by motions filed by the defense where they think they're going, what motion and limites are going to be filed. Um, but they could try it, but they probably know this is going to be a little harder. Because I think they're going to, and they're, they're, they have enough information now about the double extortion. They know, so they've been preparing for that little fiasco. And they should use it against her, right? Use the most dumb things that Dan wanted to sell the first trial against Donna in the second trial. So uh, anything, Jared, anything to add to that in terms of the Georgia Kaplan and Sarah Dugan team here? I, I think Tim hit the nail on the head, and I think there really a lot of it is just trying to streamline the information to make sure that they can, can get to it as quickly as possible. Um, you know, pick out the important parts, leave out the, the non-important parts. There are going to be some people that they don't need to call or, or 
some things that they don't need to bring up that they had to for Charlie uh, and just make sure that they, they keep it focused on Donna. Keys, do you think that Donna is calling Harvey and Harvey's like, screw this. I'm not in jail. You are. And he's just not answering the calls. <laughs> new phone. Who this? Yeah, yeah no. I, <laughs> well, I he does have a new phone because they took his. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's like, what's he the number? He might not have passed that on to the jail as the number to call. Um, I, I have heard that maybe there are some, you know, some, a lot of calls with Donna, but, um, and I can't confirm it because I don't have the call log, but somebody did say that like nothing to Wendy. So um, it's, it's interesting. I mean, and then you think about Charlie, I don't, they wouldn't be allowed to communicate, right? They wouldn't yeah. be allowed to talk. I don't no. think they're ever going to be able to see each other nope. again. No. From what I understand, yeah. right. unless it's during the trial, Tim, is that right? Yeah. Unless it's during the trial, Donna and Charlie will probably never see each other or speak to each other again, right? They're, they, they're co-conspirators. They'll be separated. If she's convicted. Ooh. She'll go to a separate prison, probably a prison for women anyway. So no, they, they, they can't have content. They're not on the approved phone call list. Well, it's good that Donna didn't see he got all of his curls cut off because I think that would have got her. Ooh. You know, that shaved mug shot. Oh, her baby's yeah. curls are all gone. It, that's um that's kind of a crazy thought. It's actually somewhat sad that a uh, mother and son forever are going to be separated because of the stupidity of this crime that they committed. But I, I guess there's consequences there. Um, what would just on that on that note, Jared? What do you what do you, I mean? You kind of alluded to it earlier, but what would Dan Markell say about that? If he again, if this wasn't happening to him, and he's hearing that defendants in a case are being separated. Uh, would he have compassion? Would he have empathy? I think he'd have compassion and empathy, but at the same time, he would know that it's, that's the consequences. That's, you know, the consequences of your actions. I mean, think about it this way. Uh, Ruth is never going to see her son again. And for a much different reason. Uh, that's a hundred percent true. Um, if you guys, uh, yes, you can, someone's asking, Carm, for the record, this is being asked of me. Uh, can we still pre-order the book next month? You can pre-order the book. Uh, you can order the book a year from now, but the book is out May 14th. But before then, you can. should I put up the, uh, the QR code to really piss off my mom? Um, Gigi is the greatest. Look at it. Uh, everyone loves the G monster. Um, if you guys have questions, now's the time. Uh, put in the big triple Qs. I will go to the bottom of the chat. I'm always... Uh, way behind on the chat and uh, I will hand deliver these questions to our panel of best guests. But Charlie Adelson's appeal, that is another thing uh, to discuss. This notice of appeal was filed by a pretty well-known Tallahassee attorney, um, Michael Offerman, um, back on December 31st. Tim Jansen, is there any significance to filing this notice of appeal on the last day of the year? Do you have to get it in there for some timing reason? Well, there is a deadline to file your notice of appeal. Uh, I'm sure he made it in time. I've known Mike for 25 years, probably the best appellate lawyer in Tallahassee, former president of the, Tal of the Florida Criminal Lawyers Association. And he's a good appellate lawyer, um, but he's only as good as what he's given, right? He can't change facts. He can't recreate uh, issues that were not preserved on the record. Um, the defendant testified, so it's not going to be, you know, insufficient evidence. Jury can convict you based on the credibility of the defendant himself. So I didn't see anything that the judge did, and they're always careful in these high-profile cases that's going to overturn it. 
And remember, he's got first DCA. That's very conservative. Very, very, very conservative. They don't overturn many cases. They don't overturn life cases on that murder cases very often. And Charlie knew that on the jail calls, you know, his uh, Dan told him, don't break the bank, hired an appeal, you know, a, a, an attorney for your appeal. And he told several people uh, over the course of those jail calls, like it's a million to one. The judge ruled in our favor a lot. You know, he was very careful. So even Charlie acknowledges this is like a one in a million shot. Right. And I think he actually and, used and that phrase. And he also said, Dan was great. It's not like we had ineffective assistance to counsel. Dan was great. Now, I know you can still claim ineffective assistance to counsel if you want, but I mean, he clearly is on the record saying that he he felt that his attorney was effective. Mm. Yep. Uh, hey, Mona here uh, to Tim. Can the first three trials be used as evidence? I guess all the witness testimony in Donna's trial. Does that all come into play? Uh, no, but it can be used for impeachment against witnesses if they change their testimony. Uh, we have a confrontation clause meaning you have a right to confront your accusers. You can't just play or read a uh, transcript. Your lawyer has a right to cross-examine that witness. And if they change their testimony, then, then you pull out the time, the date, the page. Didn't you say this on this day? So in effect, yes and no. You can't just read in transcripts. And Tim, one interesting thing uh, on, these call, on these jailhouse calls between Charlie and Donna you hear Donna talking about how Daniel Rashbaum, her counsel, was basically helping her, uh, or at least guiding her, about getting out of the country, about fleeing. Is that something that could be played in court? That might be a basis for them to recuse Daniel from the case. They may call him as a witness. Who, who, and that are would, you saying are you saying the state would do that? The state yes. would call him if the, in if the, the trial. State, if the state wants to introduce that, then there might be a conflict that the lawyer is being accused of wrongdoing and would hurt his credibility, which would then affect hurt the credibility of the defense, right? And the judge is going to look at that. And if I'm a prosecutor, I don't want this coming back on appeal. I would say, judge, we have an issue here. We're going to play this tape. And on this tape, she alludes that her lawyer, her current lawyer sitting here, helped her flee, and you're letting us introduce evidence of flight as guilt, and we're concerned that might tarnish the reputation of the lawyer and hurt them and hurt her defense. And then what does Rashbaum say? No, I never helped her, or yes, I did. I mean, that, that could build a, a problem for the defense. It's a, uh, what we call a sticky situation. Um, Tim Jansen, I, I don't mean to keep going to Tim, but I think he's the one that's going to know the answer to this. Are they, are they allowed, meaning Donna and Charlie, to write letters? If you're co-conspirators, uh, co-conspirators can you still write to each other in uh, prison and or jail? I think that once he's convicted, his case is over. It's not like they have a trial together. I think he could write to her. They will clear it. They'll look at it and make sure there's nothing in there. That could hurt if it's just, hey, mom, I miss you. How are you? I think they can clear that. Hmm. Uh, getting back to this uh, uh, appellate filing. So the notice was filed, but the actual motion, I think he has up to 90 days to write the actual mo uh, motion. But he spoke to some press, I think, up in Tallahassee, Tim. And he said, uh, speaking of Daniel Rashbaum, uh, they've been 
meaning uh, Rash Bauman is uh, the, the woman that he was working with. They've been wonderful to work with. They told me that they'll be available for me to pick their brain moving forward, and I'll certainly take them up on that. My initial starting point is I want to get the record and the transcripts and review everything cover to cover. He also said he's looking for mistakes that Judge Stephen Everett, the circuit court judge, may have made. But how tedious, like, how tedious is this process um, trying to find, uh, you know, uh, uh, some, you know, an issue for appeal? Well, one most trial lawyers have to understand when they're in trial court, they're also in the appellate court. And if you don't preserve an issue, you don't object or preserve it on the record, it doesn't go to the appellate court. And so um, Daniel, I think, preserved whatever he needed to. But that's standard. You're going to read the whole transcript. Doesn't mean he's going to find anything. I think Judge Everett was pretty good. He, he, did, he, he gave some on some. He took some away on other. Um, I think the impeachment, when they called Wendy back, remember, they weren't going to let the hearsay statement in. And then she denied saying it. Well, if you want to impeach a witness, you're allowed to bring in hearsay to impeach a prior inconsistent statement. And they did it. So they got around the ruling. But the way they did it was proper. Um, I didn't see anything in the record that looked like it was controversial enough that it could overturn the verdict. So that's why... You will never, ever see a great appellate lawyer and a great trial lawyer because trial lawyers don't have time to read appeals. Appellate lawyers, strictly, they're the, they read and write. That's what they do, and they're good at it. Most trial lawyers aren't great at reading and writing. They're good at storytelling, preparing a defense, and selling it to a jury. And it's very seldom you get both. I'd be bad. I think I'd be bad at both. Speaking what? of both, but if I if I had to choose, I'd be a defense attorney, not the appellate attorney. That's for damn sure. As, uh, as someone who lives with an appellate attorney, I can agree with you on that. That I <laughs> I see what my wife does. I mean, that sounds the like records a, that she has to read. Yeah, how do you have, just, can your wife just sit for nine hours straight reading? She does it. Yeah, I mean, she goes yeah. through records. You know, she's on the state side uh, doing the appeals for the state, but that's what she does. Mm. She reads through the records and has to make sure that, you know, things were done properly and that that's her job. And she writes briefs. And let me tell you, there's nothing brief about a brief. <laughs> I have a friend who's an actuary and I always just, if I had to do that, I would not still be with us. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, speaking of that, Gigi McKelvey, someone wanted to know if Donna Adelson is still on suicide watch, uh, AKA direct observation. You have some info on that, right? I was told, it's not confirmed, but I was told that she's out of direct and she's now on close observation. So still being watched alone, but not, you know, as isolated, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know the difference between direct and, and close, but uh, maybe the, the checks aren't as frequent or maybe she's able to wear like, you know, prison garb instead of the, uh, the smock that she was having to wear. So I'm not sure. I need to look in Florida to see what, what those mean. They may know. But um, I, can tell yeah, you what it means. I can tell you what it means. Direct observation means there's a guard sitting outside that window watching her 24 hours a day. Wow. Yeah, because in the I, I sent yeah. you guys, by the way, all three of you, this these uh, guardian logs. But she is exercising. I've seen that a couple of times, you know, so she's um, singing at one point. Um, singing. Huh? 
Uh, it says singing. I don't know. Well, what she was singing like crazy in Miami when she was at TGK, the jail. And my, you got to keep yourself busy. By the way, I did speak to Tommy Scoville about this. He's a former inmate, did hard time in state and federal prisons. And uh, he says a lot of inmates, you just have to you have to fill your mind. She's not she probably doesn't have access to reading material. So if you don't start singing or doing something, that mind becomes a very dark, scary place. So they would throw me in the dungeon. I'd be singing like the, the 12 minute version of American <laughs> Pie all day. Uh, be Tim, like, get her out. Tim, um, look at us. Gigi and I have sort of matching blue hues. I like it. Uh, do we yeah. think Donna's team will try and get the trial moved? Any chance of that, especially since Charlie's trial was so high profile, any chance of a change of venue? Change of venue is one of the most difficult things to get. People like to talk about being change of venue. In Florida, you have to try to sit a jury. You have to actually physically try, and a judge has to agree that you cannot get a jury from this community before he can even consider a change of venue. And I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, in fact, the only change of venue I know that happened in Leon County, and I hate to say this, it was a federal case that I had. It was the FAMU bombing. Well, they bombed in, two, in like 1999. And the federal judge allowed us, because they were going to close FAMU, um, and all the big dignitaries were coming to Tallahassee because of the bombings, and people were afraid. Mm. And he allowed me to pick Gainesville or Pensacola. I chose Pensacola, and it was a bad choice. <laughs> um, ended up being a really, I should have chose Gainesville. But I did all the research on venue at that time, and I've done it since because I've had some cases I wanted it changed. It's hard to get a change of venue, really hard. But you have to try. You can't just file a motion for change of venue. I, I had attached every media article, every time the, the state attorney spoke, and all that. And, it was, and it's a lot when they come out and say the community is now safe. We've got the guy in custody. Those are the kind of things that taint the jury when the governor says it, right? I think that's why the judge gave me the, the uh, change of venue. <laughs> A couple more minutes, yeah, and the, then we'll get final I think the thoughts only, and wrap it up. Go ahead, Jared. I just got, the only other one I can think of from Leon County was Ted Bundy's, right? That was the only other one that I can think of that's that true. he, he that received true. a change of venue. That mm -hmm. is true. Jared, we've got a personal yeah. question from JM for you. This could be your wife. Jared, why are you no longer <laughs> no, practicing? No. <laughs> no. Why are you no longer practicing? And what is your profession now? He's a professional gambler. He's a poker player. Uh, Jared, <laughs> tell no. the world. What do you do? Uh, yeah, I uh, honestly, I've, I've never uh, fully practiced law. I went to law school uh, knowing I wanted to get into governmental re uh, relations, government affairs. And so I took a lot of classes in constitutional law and uh, legislation and things like that and uh, got lucky, got hired out of law school as a lobbyist. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So uh, now when I say I don't practice law, I mean, I'm not a, you know, I don't go into a courtroom or I don't file motions or briefs, but a lot of what I do on a daily basis in my, uh, in my job is legal in the, in, in the sense, I mean, heck I'm lobbying to ensure that good laws are passed and bad laws are not, and that good, good laws are kept on the books. So, um, I'm still licensed to, to practice law. I, I have a, a bar card and, and a bar number. I just, uh, chose to go into a different line of legal profession. Well, Jared, when you retire from lobbying, you can become a uh, 
a lawyer full-time i could i could you could help your wife read all that stuff uh wesley john holmes coming to us from australia via tokyo sorry if if it's already been asked will we be getting more calls from all the players again soon followed directly behind pearl cat can we get uh when can we get more jail calls gg everyone's clamoring for these calls do you think we're gonna do you think like we did with charlie do you think eventually we're going to hear calls from donna I think so. I mean, Florida seems really liberal with what they put out there. So I hope so. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. I look, I was all, I have my popcorn. I have my coffee. I was like, <laughs> let's do this. Yeah. So, it, but they're very revealing. It really gives you such an inside mm-hmm. look at the messed up dynamics of this family, especially this toxic, um, you know, codependency that Donna and Charlie have. So I'm working on those. I'm trying to see if any are available. So yeah, I'm, I'm as soon as I get them, man, they're going up with captions and we're going to do round two. And uh, Becky Ireland wants to know if you're going to be covering Donna's case. Uh, me, Moen, and I are definitely going to head up to Tallahassee for that. But Gigi, are you going to join us in Tallahassee? Uh, heck yeah. I, it's six hours for me. I'll just drive my Jeep down there and park it and <laughs> uh, you know see who wants to pick me up to report on it. If not, I'm paying for myself because... Yeah, no, Joel, we will we will mess that place up. We will, and uh, it's shorter for Gigi in South Carolina to get there than it is for me in Florida to get there. That tells you how long a state Florida is, and there's not a lot to see other than the villages. You like to look <laughs> oh. at a lot of old people. No, offense stay away. Them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Abby here, Tim Jansen. This to me was the most obvious. Um, I still think the best defense, most plausible, would have been, yes, I paid them to rough Danny up, but they went too far, sometime maybe, but not life without parole. Could they still use that defense with Donna? You know, it was the most plausible defense because I think there was actually testimony to that from Meg Bonawa. Can you find someone to rough somebody up? So there would have been a basis for it coming from a government witness. But then you're responsible. If you hire someone to go beat somebody up and they die, you're still responsible because, but for you, you're the one that caused it. But it probably would have been better than what what happened. I mean, that defense was just so, I don't know how they thought that they were going to sell that double extortion. I, I just... Yeah, I mean, you know, because hitmen just go out and say, let's go kill the guy and cross our fingers. The extortion works. You know, it's ridiculous. The, the two knuckleheads that couldn't even find their way up here, yeah. they end up shooting their own car. <laughs> uh, I mean, my God. And they thought they planned this. And yeah. posting yeah. on you know, Instagram I think while they <laughs> Yeah. I think the most credible witness for me, I might get roasted, Luis Rivera. He was. Really? Uh, he didn't he was, hesitate. Absolutely. Like, open yeah. book. Yeah. Uh, and he's yeah, told the same so story easy. every time. Exactly. Well, like he said, why, why kill him? Why don't we just rob the lady? Yeah. yeah. And that's what he would have done. He would have robbed okay. her. Yeah. Always, trust, always trust a gangbanger. That's my theory. Um, <laughs> uh, COE, you're officially fired as of tonight. Chloe's mom is going to replace <laughs> you. Why, why not put the book pre-order scrolling down on the bottom of the screen? It's easy peasy instead of this massive thing here. But since it's up there, everybody... Uh, I didn't say it. I'm not saying it because maybe Carm's just listening right now. Um, Tim Jansen from Alicia File, Feel, okay. File, F-E-I-L, however you pronounce it. Do you think they're offering Wendy some sort of deal to testify against 
Madonna. That is interesting. And if you remember, they're a little bit on the outs right now. Uh, Wendy wants nothing to do with them, and Donna was peeved at uh, at Wendy. What do you think? They're not going to offer Wendy a deal. They, they, they've already given her immunity for her testimony. They're not going to get into another problematic area where they give her immunity for anything. Um, they, I don't think Georgia likes Wendy. I think Georgia believes Wendy was involved. I think Georgia believes Wendy had knowledge. And I don't think she's going to do anything to jeopardize um, possibly charging her in the future. Uh, shout out to Moan Grant for becoming a member one month now. Um, Tim, back to you, because this is a you question from Tanya mm -hmm. Weiss. Can the state seize Charlie's assets? This is interesting to pay for his prosecution and prison expenses. Well, they're not going to charge him for prosecution. They don't do that anymore. Um, but they can charge him. You go to prison, if you have money or assets, they will charge you. They will take money. And any money that goes into your canteen account will go straight to the prison. So they can get you for cost of um, in, incarceration. Uh, this is an interesting question. I don't think any any of our experts are going to necessarily know unless they happen to be maybe Jared because he is a self-professed nerd uh, out there. If Don or Wendy have changed their phones over the years, can the data be retrieved from their old phones? I'm going to say maybe. How about that? Uh, what do you say? I think it can. That? Yeah. I think it can because it's not tied to the number of your phone. It's tied to an iCloud account. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I don't know if, you know, Wendy has the same iCloud account, but I know for a fact she had an iPhone because, um, you know, we used to text. Uh, so I, I don't know that changing your number would matter. Plus on the iPads, you know, if they're using iClouds to message yeah. on those and they just got those iPads, now they've got the MacBooks, you do the same thing on the MacBooks. They may find a whole new treasure trove of messages between the whole lot. Yeah. This has absolutely nothing to do with anything. But last night I was uh, laying in bed with the COE and I said, not that long ago, <laughs> there was three dudes working at some dumbass company creating a search engine and, you know, and they were just doing their own thing. And now that company is Google. Same thing with Facebook. Same thing with all. It's crazy that in our lifetime that this has happened. And now these are the biggest companies in the world. Tim Jansen, if you were just investing in those companies and not going to work every day, I know you'd be, uh, you'd be all, I don't want to depress you, but I was just thinking about that. It's so insane. How in the book, oh, sorry, I can't say that. But in the book, we talk about how Carm, Carm in, Yugoslavia, well, the former Yugoslavia, she had a horse and buggy. She didn't even have a car. And now there's Google, Facebook, and whatever else. By the way, I just, I should. And electric cars. Electric yeah. cars. I just watched. If you guys want to see classic Miami, there's a, a documentary on Netflix about cryptocurrency called BitCon. You could not paint a funnier picture of Miami, which is sadly is a true story. Uh, Gigi, are there new phone calls in December for Charlie? I no, the ones that. that we got only went up to the ninth, which is, uh, what, four days before Donna was arrested. I do have the call logs, and it shows everything that came after her arrest. So my my plan for this week is to sit down and compare these numbers and see who he called once his number one was in the pokey to talk their air off for two hours and repeat themselves about how this was a Dateline special. And, man, I just got screwed, you know, 10 ways to Sunday. So that's my next uh, thing. But no, as far as I know, nothing past the ninth. And I'm working on getting the call logs for Donna, but not the calls. 
So did I tell you, by the way, Joel, on January 2nd, somebody called me from a Florida correctional facility and I missed the call? No. no. Very ironic. It could have been a wrong number, but that's yeah. on my VIPs now. So it'll ring through. I wonder but, if that was, uh, I didn't even know you could do VIPs. I wonder if that was Charlie or, or maybe it was Don. Let me curious. I yeah. doubt it. It was probably, you know, I mean, like a wrong number, but it was, a, I mean, I have a contact in California who's doing life, but not Florida. So either wow. a wrong number or wow. a fan. We'll see. A stalker. Could be a fan. That could be yeah. a fan. Um, that's scary. That's even scarier. <laughs> uh, nurse midwife Bay. Uh, Tim Jansen, do you think Katie McBanawa could be offered a deal if she has evidence against Wendy's involvement? If if McBanawa had any information on Wendy, we would have already known it. I, I, I told you a long time ago, the FBI agent want, walked, wanted to walk out of that meeting. It was not fruitful. They weren't going to use her, and they decided they, they put her on there because they didn't want to take a chance. She was not credible at all. She had a couple things about the money, but she's got no credibility. They're not going to mm. risk that. Uh, this is something, I, by the way, the point I was making, COE, Joel just learned about Google. That is partly true, <laughs> is that <laughs> I'm sitting here with my nose. In Wait till he things. learns about DuckDuckGo. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I like their commercials, actually. I might have to get on DuckDuckGo. But my point is people have amazing visions because if you came to me in 1998 and you said invest in a company that is going to sell books online, I would tell you to buzz right off because no one's ever going to use a credit card online. And however many years since 1998 that it is, it is a pretty big company, Amazon, if you've never heard of it. My wife gets 47 packages a day, so uh, <laughs> I'm very familiar with it. Um, there was just a something that I just scrolled right past that was important. As you can tell, we're getting to the tail end of uh, all of this. Where was that? This, um, Tim Jansen, I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but this, again, is your world and uh, someone Oh, Look at Windsor. Windsor the dog. Hey, Windsor. Cute little what is he, baby? Um, Lynn means John Loro here. Apparently, uh, he said that he told Donna that he never told Wendy to not speak to her family about the case. He should not be divulging uh, attorney-client privilege type information if this is, in fact, true. Is that right? Okay, so John Loro get in trouble. He told Donna that he would never. He told not to speak to her. Well, I'm sure John told her, Wendy not to talk to the family at all, talk to anybody about the case. So I don't know if telling your client not to talk to anybody can't get you in trouble, right? <laughs> Unless it's a federal subpoena and you're going before the grand jury. You can't Tim, tell is that, no so, is that something that you tell all your clients? You just say, yes, yes, shut? yes. I tell them, you ever see a big fish on the wall? That fish wouldn't be there if they kept their mouth shut. Just like mm. you. Mm. Good. Sage advice. Jared, did you want to add something there? I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I know that there was like, there was some confusion in one of the call in that call where, Donna thought she was talking to just her friends where she said something about, we know that's not true or, or something about Wendy's attorney saying, telling Donna that she, that he never told Wendy not to talk to them, but I don't know. It, it was, it was very jumbled and it was hard to follow some of what she said, but she was insinuating that Wendy's attorney never actually told her that. Uh, by the way, speaking of fishing and keeping your mouth shut, 
Uh, we were at a friend's house. We were in Miami. So there's a little dock in the backyard and the kids wanted to go fishing. And I couldn't, this is how I, I know I would never survive. Um, I couldn't handle it because I just didn't want to watch the fish get caught. And then we they <laughs> caught a fish and they couldn't get it off the hook. It was, I'd rather just, I think I might have to go vegan. I don't know. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. But uh, speaking of that, another movie plug for you. Maybe I'll start to do my own movie segment. We the COE and I watched Society of Snow. It's about a true story about a plane crash in the Andes Mountains in 1972, and those guys survived for four months on the top of the Andes Mountains. Some of them survived. Uh, if you haven't seen that or know that story, I think there was an American version of the movie called Alive, or at least a book. Alive, yeah. Yeah, which was made, but it's an unbelievable movie. Um I won't tell you the next part. This, you know, last night we went to a Brazilian. <laughs> how do you I even know how to pronounce it? Where they serve meat, and it was yeah, right after. Yeah, but it was like the meat that they slice off was right oh, yeah. after we watch this. And to stay alive, <laughs> those guys, you have to watch the movie. It's, it's, I'm getting. We know off. where you're going. Yeah. yeah. Um. Surely, if Harvey's money was used to solicit a murder, he must go down. Uh, for something. Uh, Tim Jansen, if they can tie Harvey's own cash to this conspiracy he's in big trouble isn't he well if he knew and he paid yes that would be yeah that would be a uh, an act that in furtherance of the conspiracy that if they knew you know they can't just take money out of his account but yeah if he knew look at this outstanding panel so good to have tim back for those who do not know Gigi mckelvey she's host of the popular true crime podcast pretty lies and alibis she spent six weeks in Boise, Idaho, covering the Lori Vallow Daybell trial. She knows more about that than just about anyone with over 50 podcasts on it. She covered the Alec Murdoch trial, and she's going to cover the Donna Adelson trial with me and Meve Moen and the COE and everyone at SCS, including Tim Jansen. And, of course, Jared Ross will be there. Gigi, your final thoughts tonight. Um, yeah, I just, you know, every day I'm waiting to hear something new about Wendy. But here's the thing. I think Kappelman is a great chess player. She, If she has the goods on Wendy, she will bring the goods when it's time. And maybe that's after Donna's trial. Maybe she wants mm -hmm. to use her to testify against her mother. You know, who knows? But, you know, look, this case has got so many twists and turns. Nothing surprises me. So I'm just waiting for the next shoe to drop, really. Mm. Look at this from Hey Mona. Gigi rocks and gives music facts like no other. I'm waiting for your book. Oh, look, that's a comment. That's not me saying it. Next up here, Jared <laughs> Ross. He is a high school acquaintance of Charlie Adelson. They graduated high school together in South Florida. But of course, Jared is way cooler than that because he's originally from Jersey. Shout out to Marlboro. He was a longtime friend of Danny Markell and Wendy Adelson, a two-time graduate of FSU, a proud Seminole. Jared, your final thoughts tonight. Anything uh, about Dan or Wendy that you could share going out here? Yeah, I'll just say, and, and and I make sure I say this every time, is is we need to really, every time we talk about this case, just remember who it's about. And, you know, we, we call it the Adelson trial and about, you know, Wendy and, and Charlie and Donna and Harvey. But this is about Danny Markell, who had a lot of friends, was part of a, a great community here in Tallahassee and loved his sons more than anyone could love their kids. And, and that's coming from me who my kids are my world. Uh, you know, I love my, my son and my daughter. Uh, but Danny had a special bond with those two kids. And I hope that as they are, like I said earlier, 13 and 14 years old now, they're starting to realize who their dad was 
And I just want everyone that's watching this to, to know that Danny was not just a brilliant attorney and, and legal scholar, but he was one hell of a dad too. So let's uh, always, whenever we're thinking about this case, keep he and his family, uh, Ruth and Phil and Shelly and, and his nephews and nieces, all of them in our thoughts and make sure that we keep them as the center of everything. Kudos uh, to that comment. And I, probably shouldn't say that i sort of like my kids i like my kids they're pretty good they're kind of better when they're in a different room but i like them in general um well i always say my kids are great when they're asleep yeah yeah uh, jared i don't want to bring up any uh sore feelings here but jammin says go blue one of my favorite new uh scs nation <laughs> members dwayne harris uh, he says, please forgive me, but being a Detroiter, I'm watching University of Michigan versus Washington right now. Uh, love you all. Bye-bye. Back to the game. See you later, Dwayne. By, by the way, I, I grew up I grew up in New Jersey, but I was actually born in Michigan. So, mm. you know, uh, that's why you're, for this that's one why you're time, so nice. That's why you're so nice, right. Midwesterners. So are you rooting for this for, one time? Uh, I'll say go blue. There Just you go. Just this one time. Uh, one of my best friends is from Ann Arbor, but I might have to lean towards Washington. Um Tim Jansen, who are you rooting for tonight? And, of course, Gigi, I know you're a sports fan. Who are you rooting for, Gigi? Uh, you know, Clemson, we've just uh, – we have one of those years. I'm a Clemson <laughs> fan, so don't – you can get my blood pressure up, all right? Um, that, you know, I'm going to go for Michigan. Yeah. Tim Jansen, who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for Michigan, for family, my wife's family, and for Steve. But um, thinking about times gone by, you were talking about Google and Amazon. Do you remember when everybody had a horse – and rich people had cars. Now everybody has cars and rich people have a horse. <laughs> that's a, I never heard that, but that's a great point. Well that's said. Good. For those who do not know, that is famed Tallahassee defense attorney, R. Timothy Jansen, mostly famous because he's on this podcast. <laughs> I can't go through Tallahassee without getting noticed. I love it. Uh, that's going to happen to Jared Ross soon. Uh, he also spent five years, besides being a criminal defense attorney, Tim Jansen did uh, five years as a federal prosecutor. Tim, your final thoughts. Someone, um, I think Maui Swift, who's a big old-time fan and friend of the show, um, mm -hmm. she was asking about rumblings. Uh, I was just saying at the beginning that there was a lot of talk about an indictment coming uh, Wendy's way. Uh, there's still obviously a waiting game there. But, Tim, your final thoughts. Um. Jared, did you were you around Jared when I was representing all these Seminoles? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that that's was that was a fun time in Tallahassee. Uh, <laughs> I said the only time my daughter came home and said, "Dad, I don't know who you're representing, but you better win. The whole town's counting on you." And that <laughs> that was the quarterback, Jameis Winston. So oh yeah. Um, I haven't heard anything about Wendy being indicted or charged. Um, that might be one that's going to be really close to the tabs. And I think Georgia, you know, I, I, I think they want to see what's going to happen. If Donna's really going to move for a quick trial, that'll make a big dis a difference. Because if she says, I want to set the trial for April, that's going to make them, you know, focus on Donna. And then maybe if they decide to go further. But if she pushes it out, then maybe they'll find something in these new, uh, this new documents. Who knows? Maybe we'll see another chair in the trial being occupied. Interesting. Uh, we will be back tomorrow night discussing more of this with uh, Stephen Webster and Louis Baptiste, who are partners together in law in Tallahassee. Until tomorrow night, love you, America. There it is. Look at this. She gets to keep her COE job. I'm not even going to say it. 
Uh, you can pre-order it now, however. Uh, huge thanks to our best guests. And uh, tomorrow night, 7 p.m., uh, some weird times this week, Wednesdays at 4 p.m., uh, with the attorney from the OnlyFans murder case, Christian Obelusemis, I can never say his last name, his attorney, and Thursday we're back for Rachel Morn. The killer is still out there. Until next time, love you, America. Who did I say I was not going to forget that I forgot? Does anyone remember? Gigi, do you remember? It was early in the show. It was, uh, exa- I forgot. Oh, it was Singapore. Singapore. It was Singapore. Singapore, yeah. Love Singapore. you, Singapore. Until next time, Intel has you. Gents have help. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system, or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.